we're talking with a man who, by all odds, I guess should not be alive, but you are Pastor Luke. Yeah, it's really a miracle that I'm alive today, but um, here I am alive and kicking. <laughs> so tell us what happened that day on, on the Arizona Trail when you and, and your daughter, Anna Lee, were, were hiking to raise funds for the Dream Center Project. What happened? Yeah, we were about seven miles into our hike. We were hiking uh, 20 miles a day for 40 days, trying to complete the Arizona Trail, which is 800 miles. And uh, we were hiking through the Superstition Mountains, uh, coming down toward a, toward a wash, a really steep part of the trail. And uh, it was so steep, I just told my daughter, be very careful because our feet were kind of sliding out from underneath us. And so we came to a portion where we had to use our hands to let, let ourselves down below these rocks. It was that steep. And my daughter, Annalie, she went down first, and I followed behind. And the moment I put my hand um, on that big boulder and let myself down, it started to move. And uh, it was so steep that when it began to move, it was already head height, and it just was heading right down toward my daughter, Anna Lee. And um, just instinctively, as a father, I just jumped in and pushed her out of the way, thinking I could get out of the way as well. But it, it caught me, and um, it rode me uh, down the hill, kind of a flat boulder, about 8,000 pounds, and just kind of rode me for about 15, 20 feet my daughter estimated about eight seconds all the way down the hill. And um, at the end, it, it teetered up on a rock somehow miraculously so that my daughter could pull me out from an, underneath a rock. And um, I, I broke my femur. I broke my hip. Uh, I broke my forearm, three ribs, and lots of stitches and, and bandages along the way. But, uh, yeah, we I'm, I'm sure that hundreds of hikers have put their hand on that rock, but it just so happened to, to unlodge when we were right in front of it. Were you a little bit suspicious uh, looking back on the incident that uh, the, the timing of this and a pastor and his daughter happened to be in the way of the boulder? I mean, are we talking maybe a spiritual enemy situation or just random? Well, you know, the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, and so I, I don't, I'm not the type of person that looks for a, <laughs> a demon behind every rock, you know. I know that sometimes life happens, but I do also believe that, you know, we were in a spiritual battle, and uh, we're, we're battling for a whole city up in Colorado City, trying to bring um, refuge and, and jobs and, and hope to a city. And so I do know the enemy would like nothing more than to to sideline us and, and keep us from doing that. So I, I do believe it was a spiritual battle, and I, I do believe that you know, it was um, the enemy's intent to take us, to take me, to take Anna Lee out, or take me out. Honestly, it would have done, it would have devastated me more to take her out because you know how we feel about our kids. But it happened to catch me, and boy, the the result of what's happened through this has been truly amazing. Could we talk to your daughter for a second? Sure. Hello. Hi, Anna Lee. So we've we've heard your dad kind of describe what occurred. From your viewpoint that particular day, when were you aware that something, this isn't good, was going on? Yeah, I think um, as soon as the boulder started to move, I I couldn't believe what was happening. Uh, You know, you just in a moment of shock, and I was kind of frozen until the boulder stopped. Um, And so I was able to get my dad out from underneath it, and he was just in a really rough shape. But uh, despite all of his, energy, all of his uh, injuries, he was in an amazing mood. He even told me, you need to video this, you need to record this. You know, he, I'm just uh, 
constantly amazed by his strength. You were responsible not only for kind of getting him out of more harm's way, but also, you know, you, you looked him over and probably took care of him medically with what you could do. But how did you get him out of there and, and into a hospital? I I was supplied by our team with a sat phone and a device called a GPS Garmin. And so I was able to hit the SOS button on the Garmin, which sent out a signal that we were in danger. Uh, I then took the sat phone and the Garmin up to the highest point that I could get, because where we were, we were in a canyon, so I could get no signal. So I was able to place a call out once I was at the top of the canyon and uh, was able to reach some people on our team, reach 911. And then uh, the emergency team, they flew in, they dropped, dropped a guy, and... Uh, he and I, we fit my dad into this bag where they hooked him up to the helicopter and they flew him out. And they, they got him to a hospital and they saved his life. I mean, obviously, this is something you could not have anticipated. You know, there's always a risk, I guess, when you go on a hike in, in nature and especially, you know, on a long hike and so forth in a, in a rocky kind of area. But what went through your mind? I mean, obviously, you're, you're a person who believes in God. Uh, were you calling out to the Lord, you know, were you shouting out? Were you praying silently? I mean, what kind of take us there? Yeah, so when it initially happened, my mind was just on what do I need to do right now? What actions can I take? But the first time I went up onto the top of the canyon, I had to go up twice to get the GPS coordinates out. But the first time uh, I was just really panicking, and I was freaking out, and uh, so I just took a moment before I could get a call out, and I just got down on my knees, and I really just prayed to God, asked Him for help. It took about five minutes, and then once I had calmed down enough, and once I had talked to God enough, I started, you know, acting again. Um, and really just after that, once I saw that the emergency emergency team had gotten my dad out safe and they were flying him away, I was able to take a moment and just thank God for all, all this protection and for really just saving us down there. Now, how did you get out? Uh, once they had dropped my dad off at Canyon Lake, they flew back for me, and uh, they, they found a flat spot where they could land the helicopter, and then I hiked with the other uh, emergency team member to that flat spot, and then they flew me out. All righty. And if we could talk to your dad again here. Yes. So it sounds like you were in very good hands, not only you know from the Lord, but also from, from your daughter who uh, was helping you in that horrible situation. I'll, as you were kind of sliding down with this boulder behind you, I mean, it's hard to even picture what was going on. Was it like slow motion or was it like one rapid, whoa, you know, here we go? Yeah, it was like slow motion. I could actually uh, feel my body parts being broken and crushed. And I, I remember thinking distinctly that, you know, the next blow was going to be the last. It's going to be my head, you know, and it's going to be lights out. And obviously that moment never came. And, um, and they pulled me out. She, we were still on a very steep, steep slope and she was kind of concerned that the, the boulder may start to slide again. So she pulled me to the side and, um, and then my, my daughter who I've raised and taken care of her whole life has now taken care of me and asking me medical questions and, uh, trying to, trying to comfort me during that time. And honestly, it was probably a lot more traumatic to her because as she was looking down at this boulder, she couldn't even see me as it's sliding down the mountain, you know, below her. So I'm just underneath it. And so I'm sure she had questions going up to try to to find a signal for the satellite phone, 
was I going to be alive when she got back? Because I was bleeding, you know, from my hand really bad, and she didn't know if I had internal injuries. At that point, we didn't know what was wrong. But um, I, about 30 minutes later, when she came back down the mountain, I heard her voice. It was very, very comforting to both me and her. How much time has passed since that all happened, and, and how are you doing today? October 28th is when the uh, the accident happened. And so we're about six and a half weeks out now. And remarkably, you know, I, I, I crushed the tip of my femur and popped a big uh, part of my, my hip out. And um, literally a size of a half dollar just popped out of my hip. And I'm back walking, you know, three or four miles a day already. And uh, my forearm has been the thing that's been troubling me the most, but it's it's healing, you know, back. My ribs are still tender, but... Man, God has been so good to me to recover me so fast. I've been last couple of weeks back in the pulpit uh, preaching again. So the recovery has been nothing short of miraculous. Uh, pe- people are just astounded at how fast I've recovered. Sounds like this has uh, ended up being quite a significant increase in your own personal relationship with God. Well, absolutely. It gives you a whole new lease on life. It gives you a whole new appreciation for the brevity of life, but also... Uh, it kind of makes you count your, your your days a little more and teaches you, uh, brings perspective to what's important in life. And so I've been preaching the last two weeks, you know, back in our church services, and people walk up to me and say, you're different. You know, there, there's there's more passion. You know, there's more there's more intensity. And uh, I think that has, is a result of what's happened to me. You just realize that, boy— you only have so many days on this earth, so you need to make the most of it. And it could have gone the other way. Absolutely. It probably should have. I, I, got, I had a big scab on, my, on the back of my head the size of a horseshoe, and, um, but it was almost like a little reminder that <laughs> it could have been your head, but it just, it just grazed my head. And, um, you know, I've, I've, I was never a hiker. I, I had never even... Uh, camped out one day in my whole life. And so this whole thing wasn't something I necessarily wanted to do. It was my daughter's dream to do it. And I just said, well, I can't let you do it alone. (laughs) It's a dangerous trail, so I'm going to do it with you. But we're going to raise, try to raise a million dollars to help the people up in Colorado City. And so that's that's why we did it. And um, as a result of the accident, I mean, it just has gone viral nationwide and uh, we've done that and so much more, raised that much money and so much more. Tell us about the, the Dream Center project. Yeah, well, about three years ago, uh, uh, many people know the story of uh, the infamous polygamous leader, Warren Jeffs, who built really a whole town up in Colorado City. It's a city on the border of Arizona, Utah. And um, they built a whole city based on polygamy, just built on polygamy. and. Um, Warren Jeffs had 86 wives, and his 65th wife somehow escaped from that whole community, which never happens up there because they have no reference to the outside world at all. They were told it was evil, but she finally had enough, and she ran away, and she made her way down to our Phoenix Dream Center, and uh, she saw all the lives being changed there. She saw 300 residents that were once a part of human trafficking or young, young ladies who were victims of human trafficking, a whole floor down there uh, with kids who have aged out of foster care who are getting a second chance at life, uh, a whole floor for um, men's discipleship, guys who've gotten out of prison and trying to make something of their life, and then a, a whole floor for women's discipleship. 
And uh, she saw all that life change. She said, she said, man, I wish there was something like this in Colorado City. Well, as his 65th wife, she was awarded the 10-acre compound of Warren Jeffs. He was put in federal prison. And uh, she didn't know what to do with it. It was, it was massive, 30-some thousand feet. So she, she asked us, she said, I can't pay the taxes on this place. Could I give it to you? And would you start a dream center up in Colorado City and rescue the young ladies in that town who are trapped in polygamy? You know, a lot of these young ladies are 12, 13 years old, and they're forced to marry, you know, 50, 60, 70-year-old men, just the way that they've, they've done life up there. And so two and a half years ago, we launched the Colorado City Dream Center, and uh, man, it is a beacon of hope and light in that community. Families are being restored. Young ladies are being rescued. Uh, we, we bought a few food distribution center up there, and we're, we uh, feed half the town every week, literally half the people of the town. And uh, it's just it's just a place that's brought a lot of hope to a place that was hopeless. So we thought, man, we want to do this hike to help raise funds for them, for, for staffing and for programs for the kids. And uh, so that's what we were doing, we're hiking 20 miles a day for 40 days, finishing the Arizona Trail, with a goal to raise a million dollars, and we wound up doubling that, raising $2 million for the people of Colorado City. So God used something bad for something real good. Absolutely, absolutely. And, hey, I'm, I'm healing up nicely. I'm, I'm fine, you know, but God just, um, he, he blew us away by his grace, not only upon my life and saving me, but also uh, really pushing forward uh, God's kingdom work up there in Colorado City. Pastor Luke Barnett, we sure appreciate your sharing your heart with us. Thank you for letting me share our story. God bless you guys. Anna Lee, we also thank you for sharing your experience with us, too. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate y'all. 